1: Oi, what's the best game where you get to eat pie? What's the best game where you play a dead guy? Aye. Eh? You'll find out in BG247's here What's the best game where you swing from a roof? And what's the best game where you battle the pork? Like I said, you will find out in this podcast. Hello and welcome to VG247's Best Games Ever podcast, where we attempt to find the best game within a strange or weirdly specific category. For example, this week, uh, we've tasked ourselves with finding out the best game that someone on the panel uh, got for an odd reason. Uh, That could be anything. In 2003, I tripped over a discarded copy of Morrowind. it wouldn't even someone, surprise me that someone had just left on the floor of uh B&Q and uh, <laughs> <laughs> that launched an entire career or uh, it could be that you asked your granny for a copy of dark souls and ended up with a copy of beyond two souls which would be a tragedy beyond measure uh, today i'm joined as ever by editor-in-chief tom hello uh, associate editor alex Hello. And uh, for the first time, Guides Editor James, how you doing?
0: Hey, good, good, good. I noticed that I've been uh, asked on to talk about uh, how odd we all are, and it's not gone unnoticed. <laughs>
1: Well, they, they obviously thought that you were the guy for the job. Um, uh, uh, this lot have to convince me that their pick is the best and most worthy one. Uh, I'm Jim, by the way. I should probably introduce myself for once. Uh, formerly a video gamer, which you might have heard of, Game Wank, which you haven't, and uh, generally a bunch of op eds. What is Skyrim. this? What is this self promotion? <laughs> I haven't done it for three episodes, and I thought, well, I might. Four episodes, actually. That's I've coming out of
2: your. That's coming out of your fee.
1: Three episodes, and I four episodes, and I have been a silent disembodied voice (laughs) basically Um, Tom Mm. let's go with your pick first what is your uh, best game that you got for an odd reason?
2: Right so this is quite a story right it's got a bit of background to it does it start in the circus? no right so I'm lost interest already primary school right primary school (laughs) Uh, I don't know how old I was let's say 10 yeah Um, my year 6 teacher was yeah. friend it became friends with my mum because they lived uh sort of on the same road right so um they were friends then my teacher got married uh and the guy who she married became a family friend as well and one day we were in crawley right if you don't know crawley it's like a like a very, very bad version of this is such an old Simpson monologue. Right, so it's like, right? Um, we're in Crawley near Three Bridges Station. Right, if you don't know Three Bridges Station, there used to be over the road a number of sort of large retail stores, and now I think it's probably a Lidl or something. Right, but it used to be one of them for sure was Blockbuster. Right, Um this. Is uh, or Blockbusters? Hey, what is it? Blockbusters? It's blo-
3: Blockbuster. Blockbusters <laughs> is the uh is the show. The game show. Right. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't
2: a themed shop about the show. It was the movie rental <laughs> store. Right. But it was a big one, massive, big There's one. It's also the sold... song
3: by Sweet, of course. Blockbuster.
2: No, it wasn't anything to do with that. No. Right. So um, the husband of my Year Six teacher worked as the manager of this Blockbuster. Right. And we were like in the area, so we popped in to say hello. And I was looking around. Look, what, Jim? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> you want... This has got... You, they can't just go, the, here it is, can I? <laughs> so we sorry. popped in.
1: It's just a build-up, sorry.
2: <clears throat> we popped in. It's over the road from Three Bridges Station. It's quite a hard road to cross then. They've got loads of on-way stuff there now. It's oh, And traffic lights is a bit easier. Um So he went in, wandered around, said hello. And he's like, oh, look, look, we've got a game section. This was a big blockbuster, so back then... Like it's not like a local one it had like just tons of aisles tons of stuff all over <laughs> it had, had video games pc games etc and we were looking around and i was big into pc back then and uh we saw sam max hit the road classic point and click adventure game
1: mm-hmm.
2: and uh we were like oh mum, can we get this mum? me and my brother obviously um can we get this she was like no obviously uh have you got any money We haven't. So that was a a no-go. And then the husband of my year six teacher was like, no, don't worry. Just have it. And we're like, all right. And he said, yeah, just went back, got a copy from the uh, storeroom, gave it to us. Done. Didn't put it through, just nicked it. And and that's it. That's how I got Sam Max hit the road on PC in probably, let's say, 1994.
1: What? so, so your yeah. man
2: gave it you as a present no he nicked it <laughs> right okay
1: <laughs> from the store he worked at
2: You say, right? I mean
1: th- that that took a th- this is taken a slightly sinister turn at the end because it's uh, I mean he broke the law
2: mm. yeah I mean in who knows right maybe what happened was not known to me my mum bought it and I've always thought that he just nicked it but maybe she bought it and it was perfectly legal transaction. But in my mind, anyway, it was like under the counter, like, ego, have this. But it's a classic game, right? I mean, the it's, the other part of this is this what, game though? is a really good game.
1: I would imagine Blockbuster was the sort of place where it was really easy to just get a stock written off. A
3: 100%. As someone who I used to work in a game and yeah. like, it was a very different era, but there was a friend of mine who, who worked in a different, who used to, who, who, who worked in a, in another store, but he just literally used to like lift Xbox Live codes because they'd have all the all the codes in the boxes, and he I never took anything because I was a good boy, but this guy <laughs> just used to stack up months and years and years of Xbox Live. He's still working for releases it. of games. He was raging yeah, he when, when they stopped converting <laughs> it to
1: Game Pass. He was raging, but yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so, uh, so I mean, the, the odd reason. Um, for you getting a copy of sam and max was theft essentially
2: yeah and a close family relationship like friend yeah. being a school teacher's husband
1: did this did you ever have a conversation with the school teacher about it no or, or was it just <laughs> was it just no
2: <laughs> never spoke about it but late late that that same year christmas we got a copy of uh Ridge Racers is it Ridge Racers the kind of second Ridge Racer PlayStation game that was basically the same thing but like Ridge
1: Racers a bit of team like, of marines was it like an a Rage track.
2: Racer? no it was uh, was it right I'm not sure it was Rage Racer it was like the second Ridge Racer game it was basically the same thing Ridge Racer I think it, too. it ran slightly better or had maybe a, a reverse track or something it was it was literally like an add-on pack but they released it back then that's how they get away with stuff just release it full price yeah but it was the second Ridge Racer game on on PlayStation. That's not the point. The point is, *Summon Max* is definitely a classic game, right? People love it. It's got a, a, a fan base, so that qualifies it for this. Plus, I got it in an illegal fashion.
1: Is what? it not a little ironic
2: that, as far as I know, do not do Sam and Max* not solve crimes? Yeah, yeah. I know, right? and so, and, and- I'm glad you brought that up because that, as I was hoping, someone would mention that. <laughs> that is that does make it a bit ironic, so which also probably gives it a bit of extra weight in this discussion, right?
1: Yeah. Well, you know that's uh, well, James, you might have done yourself in there. So, uh, okay. So, so, so you you acquired uh, a copy of Sam and Max Hit the Road via, uh, ironically, via a crime. That's mm-hmm. uh, all right. Okay. Um, that's. I, I like how we got there via James pointing it out. <laughs> <laughs> But um, all right, that's brilliant, Alex. What have you got for
3: us? You know, I think crime's going to be a running theme. This <laughs> podcast. we um, should
1: change the title of it to "Games You Acquired Illegally." Dubiously, yeah, yeah.
3: Um, so, God, when I um when I was growing up in my early teens, uh, we lived in uh, we lived in an ex council house. So, mm-hmm. people who aren't in the UK, this is probably a completely alien concept, right? But like. There's there used to be a lot of council homes. Like that is government assisted living. So if you were in a situation where you couldn't afford a house, you would be in a council home. And the government owned that. And then over time you could buy it. And we didn't we didn't buy it. We were, you know, um I was lucky that my mum was a little bit better off than that, but ex-council homes for like weird classist reasons are always cheaper in the UK. And so my mum's first house that i remember uh us living in uh, was an ex-council house and so around us was a mix of council houses existing current council houses and ex-council houses anyway around the corner uh, we had an area that we used to call the green and the green was just a big lump of grass surrounded by houses and that was where all the kids would play and and uh and, and ride their bikes and stuff like that and mm-hmm. there was a group of us that all used to hang out and some of those guys i still i still see um but there was one family uh, where they had three brothers and they were all um extremely extremely rough and ready <laughs> and at the age oh of 10 11 12 13 they were all just like they were completely comfortable with crime i was just completely <laughs> they were constantly fighting constantly stealing stuff you know um they one one the one that was my age had been uh, expelled from my school and had to go to a different school because he'd kick someone's head in in the corridor it was all it was a whole thing but they were nice lads to be honest <laughs> At least they were then. <laughs> um, um, if you if you're on the right side of them which i was so anyway one day we're out on the green and we're you know on skateboards bikes whatever i was always a bike or scooter person i could never skateboard well there's always an assortment
1: um, of, of vehicles in a group of lads isn't there it's just like yeah like wacky races
3: yeah totally and um one of these lads comes uh comes up and he's just got like three carrier bags that are full of stuff um <laughs> and and he comes over and he's like lads uh need some of you to to take uh some of this stuff because uh i think the police are coming to the house to search the house <laughs> and uh and all this stuff is is nicked stuff um but they had stolen from somewhere. I think, I think there were. This was for, stolen from a Woolworths, uh, because that is the only place I could think of at the time. Either a Woolworths or a Comet. So two stores that no longer exist. Um, but there I were mean, two no, of those. No wonder, given the yeah. uh, crime rate in the area. But, yeah, but there was one of those quite relatively close by to where we were, and I assume that's where he'd gone. And I also distinctly remember, definitely the Comet at least had the games out live as we yeah. would have said when we worked at game. And so anyway, he comes over and it's carried back and it's probably legitimately, it's probably about six, 700 quid left of video games. And I'm like, I want no part of this. I'm not taking stolen goods home. Um, But then another one of my mates, uh, one of the few guys from this era that I'm still friends with was like, what's in the bags then? So he tips the bags out onto the grass of the green and there's all these N64 and PS1 games uh, And so he has a look and, it, and he just doesn't care. He's just like, I'll take this, 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 and this and goes off of them. And another guy just takes one of the bags whole <laughs> Um, because they, they didn't care. They were just like, yeah, I'll have them. And I think, I don't know. I, I don't know what, what, what the thinking was, but I was just like, I'm not taking anything. I'm a good boy, like I said. And But then when everything was all said and done from the pile that he tipped out of one of the carrier bags, uh, there was just one game left. Um, and that game was Perfect Dark, <laughs> and I really wanted to play Perfect Dark. I'd, I'd really wanted to play because I'm saying I loved GoldenEye, um, and it was the last one left. And I was like, well, still in the shrink wrap and everything, still I think with the, like the security seal on it." And I was just like. All right then. So I took picked up this perfect dark, ran my bike home, and took perfect dark home. The police did come to that guy's house and searched that guy's house later that afternoon. So he was right. I don't know how he knew that, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. We've had, so that was we've how... had reports
1: of a copy of perfect dark. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, just he'd obviously just been in the shop. And to be honest, like this is like when you talk about shop workers. I remember when we worked in. Um, when when I worked in game, there was a guy I can't say he. We had a nickname for him, but I can't say because it it, it's too offensive. But there was a guy who used to come into the shop, and he'd come in with like one of those big, you know, the big big carrier bags that you get that you might get if you buy something like a console or something big from Argos or somewhere like that. Yeah, we used to in a game we used to call our ones of those Santa sacks. He used <laughs> to come in with a Santa sack, and we yeah. used to have the controllers on on pegs on the wall, and he would just open the Santa sack and just literally put his hand at the back of that rack and just sweep stuff into the Santa sack and then just walk out the store. And obviously the official rule is, so the, the the alarms go off as he walks out, beep, beep, beep. But you're told by head office, do not engage them. Do not try and stop them because they don't want to be responsible. If you get stabbed, you know, yeah. trying to stop someone. And this guy, literally we worked for the game and the other side, of, on the other side of the road, well, it wasn't really a road, but you know, it's, it's a fully paved town center like square and on the other side of the square there was a computer exchange and he just used to walk (laughs) the controllers over to computer exchange and trade them straight in to the point where our manager at game like went over to cx and was like lad you've got to stop taking this stuff off him and they were like it's not our problem even when the police went into them, anyway that's insane
2: yeah yeah and this guy did this for years I can't wait for James's story begins with. Well, I had this big sack. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, was, I was in Birmingham for some reason. Yeah, stop but,
0: stealing my thunder, man!
3: But I can only assume that this kid was basically doing that. He was—I don't know—he was a bit older than me, so he was maybe fourteen. I can only assume yeah. he was legitimately just going into these shops, filling keep... a bag full of games, and just walking out.
1: If they're keeping like if the, if it's like keeping sealed as well, he must have just been selling them on, surely? Uh,
3: uh, yeah, and these lads were, you know. They were, like I said, extremely rough and ready and they were known, to police, for various things, which is why I assume they knew where to look. They probably saw him on CCTV and were like we know where that guy lives. Um, well, what but- I
1: love about this is like the Tom story is middle class crime and yours is working class <laughs> crime. It's like, this is like the, the two sides of Britain. I
2: was um, not middle we- class, Jim. Just to, be, <laughs> just to be clear. I was born in a caravan.
3: Yeah, but the guy, the guy who uh, gave you an illicit copy of... Uh, Fine. Yeah. yeah. But we were, we were, we were like, I'm fully aware that growing up, uh, even, you know, single parent family in this tiny house, but we were, we were definitely like on the posher end of the people around there. Um, Like, I I was so different to those other kids because I was such a nerd. As noted by the fact that you only took one game. Yeah, yeah, as opposed to <laughs> one guy who literally took a whole bag full and kept them all. That's the other thing. This guy wanted them back afterwards, and people were just like, no. Are you joking? <laughs> Jesus, yeah, he was like, right, come on then, on lads. Doors.
1: Like a Jasper um, Carrot sketch. Jesus. But
3: yeah, so I got my copy of Perfect Dark. I didn't need the expansion pack because I'd already had Donkey Kong 64, which had the expansion pack in it, so I was good to go there. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, slammed it into the N64, and it, it, it was one of the... um one of the greatest games ever made, in my opinion. Like, all this fuss right now, in fact, there'll be, by the time this goes out to the public, there'll be an article on vg 247 that touches on this a little bit. All this fuss right now about Goldeneye. And I love Goldeneye, and it's a great game, but one thing I've never really understood is, apart from the Bond nostalgia of it, a better game was released just three years later. And he's already available on modern consoles. It's it is
1: pure um, it is pure nostalgia, the Golden age stuff though, isn't it? And for a lot yeah. of people it was like their first kind of their first multiplayer kind of FPS and and there's a yeah. lot of stuff tied to that. There's a lot of great memories attached to it, but if you try and play it now,
3: it's, it, it doesn't really hold up. Perfect Dark's way it's a way better game. Yeah. Things like um there's that there's, we're going into like contemporary stuff now but there's that steam yeah. game that caused a big fuss over the E3 thing and it looks really cool. It's called Agent 64 and it looks like an N64 game but on mm-hmm. Steam. It's it's been it's a homage to Goldeneye. But I was really like disappointed because when the you reload the guns in that Agent 64 it's the same as Goldeneye where they the gun dips off screen and then comes back up because mm-hmm. when they made GoldenEye, they couldn't do reload animations, So it's just dip the gun away, play a sound effect. The gun comes back in. Perfect Dark has these beautiful, really intricate, you know, animations of guns being loaded and, and stuff that like that. And that extra four
1: megabytes really making the difference Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> well, you know, I, I've got a lot of time for Perfect Dark. It's like the fact they just released it and it needed the expansion pack but they didn't include the expansion my... pack, so loads of people bought it, plugged it in, and could only play really like shitty multiplayer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think my favorite thing about Perfect Dark is when they re-released it on XBLA and half the enemies were Peter Molyneux. Yeah. Like, someone must have had it in for him. Um, yeah. I mean, you get to shoot Peter Molyneux dead in, in, in toilets. <laughs>
3: <laughs> A dream of many people who worked at Lionhead, I think. Um. Right. James, what have you got for us?
0: Well, this was quite a hard question to prep for, I think, because I've certainly bought a lot of terrible games for odd reasons. Yeah. I think my mind goes straight (laughs) to Snooker World Championship 2008, which I only got because there was an advert on the back of the Virtua Tennis 3 that I was trying to buy, (laughs) uh, and the person in game put the wrong disc in the box. And I tell you, it's a tough evening when you think you're getting Sharapova and you get Ronnie O'Sullivan. <laughs> uh, and let me just... You've written a script for this? <laughs> no a joke. Yeah, that was, a good,
1: that, was a good, uh, that was a good bit. Don't interrupt,
0: Tom. Yeah. <laughs> Ruining my flow, bro. <laughs> this is... Uh, no, this is... the I'm airing, what is it, 2008? So 15-year-old grievances. These have been percolating for well over a decade. And let me just give a big shout-out to Sebastian Grosjan, who can go and live in the sea, because he always used to beat me in Virtue Tennis 3, and I hate him to this day. So, yeah, my, my mind goes straight to, to Snook World Championship, but um, another game, another terrible game that I got for an odd reason was, do you remember in the PS3 era, they had um, those serial numbers on the side of the box that was just like BCES and then a number or whatever? yeah. And for one of my birthdays, I asked my grandma to buy me Resistance Fall of Man. You remember the Insomniac, actually, the launch yeah. title for PS3? Yeah. And the yeah. only reason I wanted it was because it was zero, 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 zero 00001 on the thing. And I had grand plans of collecting all of the fucking games. Like, oh. so just a terrible idea. <laughs> uh, I think I got to six. Um, yeah. So, So yeah. But the, uh, the real game... Uh, that I've chosen for today is the Hideo Kojima classic Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty which to wrench the podcast back to the world of white collar crime (laughs) 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 Um, the only reason that I got it was um, because um, my dad thought it was a DVD at the local library because if you remember at that time it was kind of the first sort of era of well, it was the first sort of era for me because of the age that I was that um, games had like the, the the BFCC or whatever it was, ratings, the yeah, um, yeah, yeah. like the little 15 on it. Um, so yeah, it was like, what's this kind of I thought I think you probably thought it was kind of like a an Akira style sort of animated animated deal, but yeah, um, if you kind of cast your eye back to the uh, the year 2002, new labor in full swing. And all of that jazz. <laughs> one of the one 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 of the things that's very different from now is that public libraries had enough money to buy things. Mm. And so they as well as well as video games, they had every new C D that was ever released. Mm. And my dad had a bit of a racket going <laughs> that he, he, he realized that you could get, you could, you could, you could rent out every new CD from the library that come out, everything that you wanted. And then you could just rip it and then take it back.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And they had like this, uh, purple, purple sticker on the front and he used to call them purple dot records. They had his own like bootleg record label <laughs> running that you would just get stuff out of the library and, uh, and rip it and then take it back. But, the, uh, the there was a decent selection of games on there, and and one that I kind of completed one week on, one week off because it had to go back to the library. Obviously, uh, was Metal Gear Solid Two: Sons of Liberty, um, which was only uh, picked up for me because yeah, he thought it was like a or something. And um, yeah, it's a great game, isn't it? Um, I don't think there's much debate about that. It's one of yeah, uh, I I think it's a great cultural artifact of how. <clears throat> of how weird games used to be that you don't, it wasn't at that time, there weren't 90 minute YouTube essays of why the part man in Elden Ring is a part. Actually the, the, <laughs> the explosive expert <laughs> in MGS two was just a big dude on roller skates because he was Yeah, like one of the main antagonists was a, a, a kind of vampire dude that main, main personality trait was licking things because he was it. It, it and 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 Alex has also touched on Bond a little bit there. I, I quite like that game because it's one of the more Bondier kind of me, uh, metal yeah, Gear got games. Yeah, they've got that
3: theme yeah. tune. They got Snake Eater. Yeah,
0: they've got this, They've got the theme tune. Well, yeah, because Snake Eater has the kind of sixties Connery von vibe, doesn't it? But the yeah. um,
3: but the whole series, right, has that. Yeah, MGS two. I think through. even
0: yeah, with MGS two, there was even uh, interviews with Kojima where they they wanted to have the. Uh, ride and hold his gun kind of aloft like Pierce Brosnan's Bond and all this sort of stuff but the military <laughs> coordinator told them off because you just get somebody just see the silencer and kill you <laughs> and Yeah, it, 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 it's a brilliant game uh, I played it one week on one week off as I say because it had to go back to the library and yeah what more can I
1: say than that So I I mean it wasn't acquired I mean your your possession of it wasn't a crime but it was adjacent to crime
0: uh, Yeah the, the <laughs> it would be charged with accessory definitely yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and I,
1: I do, think I do like how you involve Tony Blair in the crime as well <laughs> I knew I knew you'd love that He <laughs> was on some level responsible He's for Tom Tony Blair it. behind me
2: <laughs> Can I make an argument here uh, Yeah sure <laughs> against yeah. against cuz I know I can sense that you're leaning away from me, so <laughs> right. You've that's... not even said what your game is. I have? Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Summer Max hit the road. Summer Gee Max God. Hit God. Just, and just...
0: people people born after classic. 1972 actually know what that is, yeah. It continued
2: cool. it continued on with a less successful series on Telltale. It had so, three right. seasons on Telltale. Here we go, right. Of all so, of them rubbish. Are you ready, Jim? Yeah. Metal Gear Solid 2. Uh-huh plays like dog shit, right? It's a fact. It's <laughs> I terrible. was I was every right. DS2 game That's plays enough. like that. 16 That's, buttons to shoot a gun and, terrible yeah. game. Terrible game. Yeah. Don't know how it no, became right. popular. Right. Perfect mm-hmm. dark frame rate is dog shit. There we go.
1: Not on the what XBLA else?
2: version though. Oh, we're not talking about that, are we? Did he get handed an XBLA code out of that bag?
1: No, but his no. love for perfect dark uh, if we're
2: talk-
3: I just Just because it's adjacent to this discussion, that's just triggered like a memory and it's a story I'm going to tell now Um, (laughs) about XBLA codes. And it's not a game I acquired, but it's like if someone I knew was on this podcast, this might be their weird story of how they acquired a code for a game. Um, So this was when I was first going to E3 and I went to my first E3 at 18. So I was going quite young and whatever year it was that Battlefield 1943 was coming out. So it was the, that was the XBLA only. Yeah, game. Yeah. Good game. Anyway, EA stand, they were just giving out little pieces of cardboard with codes for the game on. So in between appointments, every time I was going back and forth for appointments, I would just cut through their booth and grab one of those cards. <laughs> and I took them home for some friends and I gave them all out. And then there was, and I had one left and I went for a curry with some of, some of uh, my mates and I put this code on the table and I said, you boys decide amongst yourselves who's going to have this. Um, and by the time we reached the end of the curry, there hadn't been a discussion and the code was just gone. And we like, who's got the code? And no one would own up to having the code. Um, so then we, we, you know, we, we leave the curry, we, you know, we pay. The next day we log on to Xbox Live and one of my mates is just playing Battlefield 1943, one of the guys that was at the curry.
1: <laughs> and the other
3: guys were like, I thought we were gonna draw straws or whatever for this. This is bullshit. And this guy actually said, No, 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 I I've got another mate who went to e 3 who also got a code <laughs> and he gave me this. <laughs> which is which is something we, we've never let him
1: forget to this day. <laughs> I mean, I like the uh, I, I like the boldness of that. Uh
3: sorry, um, that just triggered a memory talking about being given XBLA codes. <laughs> anyway, perfect dark is perfect. Often distributed over a
1: curry um x b l a codes
3: Perfect um, dark at twenty frames a second is still better than most games at thirty <laughs> or sixty.
1: I would say that perfect dark is better than Sam and Max hit the road tom um if we're if, but we you know we have to but we have to judge this on the strength of the story that accompanies it as well, don't we um which actually is a point that people have picked me up on. Uh, people have gotten angry with me on Twitter <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for uh, for failing to properly understand the concept of a podcast that I'm on. But I think we get to make it up, frankly. Mm-hmm. Mm. The thing is, Tom, you have made a very good argument for why Metal Gear Solid Two is actually rubbish. Mm. Uh, and uh, you got it's a simple but, argument. Uh, but I mean, no nah,
0: every every PS2 game controls like that. It, it, every every no, every they game don't. with a, every game with a gun in was 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 clunky af until about 2008 when call of duty decided that this is how those games are going to play now
1: cautionary tale about bringing shooters onto the podcast isn't it (laughs) from the ps2 era um i'm actually i'm genuinely quite stumped with this one because it's like three great stories three great games to be fair um Man, I actually don't. I have to be really decisive. And the thing is, right, Tom will be annoyed with me if I don't pick him. So I'm not going to pick him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I, uh, but if I, if I had to make a choice with now, Perfect Dark and Metal Gear Solid 2 cross over, as we've discussed, um, there's a lot of themes that are, that are overlapping mm-hmm. here. But I think between the two of them, Perfect Dark's actually the one that still holds up. So yeah, I
3: think it's really good still. Yeah. I I I, I 100%ed it on that XBLA release. Yeah. Did and as Super we've hard.
1: mentioned, you can shoot Peter Molyneux in a toilet. Yep. Which is the, uh, is is that as mad as uh, the 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 roller skates bomb guy or the the vampire that licks <laughs> stuff? I'd, I'd probably not. Um. But it's uh, it's definitely up there.
2: Plus, think- like Birmingham Police, right? they at the moment they're listening to this. They're Flicking <laughs> through a, a box of cold case files. Of like, yeah. uh, <laughs> Googling got to be the statute honest. of limitations. Without being
3: mean, I would be astonished if those lads aren't already in the nick at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Unless um, they
1: had a serious change. While we were, uh, while James was uh, giving his uh, story, Alex held up a copy of N64 No, that Perfect is the Dark. copy. It He's is the, the copy. copy. Yeah, yeah. Wow, okay, well, there we uh, go. There we can't go. Can't compete with that. Wow. Mine's yeah. probably an
0: escape in Paraguay. <laughs>
1: um all right okay well i i think i think perfect dark has clinched it uh for me, so you know as far as i'm concerned uh perfect dark is the best game that one of you got for an odd reason <laughs> i love it just uh just like Birmingham confidential in it
2: yeah.
1: um right okay well uh, thank you very much for listening and uh, we are not just a podcast we are an entire website we do news we do features we do guides we do all sorts of stuff Uh, so you should check out and you should also join us next week uh, where we'll be discussing the best game that someone not in the know would think you made up thanks very much
3: bye everyone say bye bye see ya in a bit
1: Thanks so much for listening. If you like the show, please review it, subscribe and check out what else we do on vg247.com.